This is Chad Dahl with Kingdom Building Ministries, and we're just bringing to you a faith-filled message from the Word of God, talking about the will of God for your life, how it is good, acceptable, and perfect. If you have your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 12, and we're going to look into verses 1 and 2. It says this, says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, if we're to know the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God, there has to be sacrifice. There has to be a commitment made in order to walk in the fullness of God's will and his plan and the purpose for our lives as a believer. Now, Paul actually outlines this in verses 1 and 2, and he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. This is basically Paul, he's, he's pointing to the fact that a sacrifice had to be made. There has to be a willingness, there has to be a surrender of our, of our will, of our lives, to the very uh, purpose and the, and the plan of God. And uh, essentially, when you get saved, when you become born again, you're saying, Lord Jesus, I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you my heart, I'm giving you my life. Everything that I have is yours. And that's what Paul is saying here. We're supposed to be living sacrifices, living lives that are pleasing to God. See, the things that we allow in our lives can be a foothold for the devil to have authority and and wreak havoc in our lives. The Bible says that the devil comes not but to steal, meaning the thief, actually. The thief comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, that he has come, that we might have life and have life more abundantly. See, this is the problem, and this is what Paul is talking about in this letter in Romans. He's saying that if you do this, if you offer your body as a living sacrifice, meaning you, you're, you're dead to your old life, you're, you're alive in Christ, you've given your life to Christ, and you're living for him, then... Uh, you're going to be able to know what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God for your life. But one of the things he says, premising uh, the good and acceptable and perfect will of God is not to be conformed to this world. Now, what does that mean? In the world, there's a certain mindset. There's a certain way of thinking. There's a certain uh, idea of what is right and what is wrong. Some people's moral compass goes a little far to the left rather than staying true north. And that's, that's a problem. And this is what Paul is saying, not to be conformed to the world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Now, how do we renew our minds? How can we be transformed? Well, the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So meaning when you give your life to Christ, that means you're no longer walking according to the principles of the world. You're no longer walking according to the mindset of the world, but you're now giving your heart to Christ. And therefore, as you begin to uh, build your relationship with him, and that's what it's about. It's about relationship. It's not about religion. A lot of people get caught up on that. 
as you begin to walk with Jesus each and every day, as you begin to allow him to transform your life, because that's what Jesus does is he transforms lives. He takes the old things that the world has despised and rejected and he makes them new. He gives you beauty for ashes uh, instead of where the world would just pretty much continue to beat you down. Where the devil would continue to beat you down. But Jesus brings true transformation in life. Where the devil comes not but to steal and to kill and to destroy your life. Now, how are we going to have a renewing of our mind? See, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That we can only be renewed in the spirit of our mind by what we allow into our mind. What we put into our mind. If we allow the word of God to permeate in our minds, if we begin to read and meditate upon the things of God, the word of God, as Psalms uh, verse 1 says, it says, he would be like a tree, that as you, as you meditate upon the, the law of the Lord day and night, you be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that shoots forth its, its, its branch in due season meaning you become fruitful. You become fruitful in, in how you think. You become uh, transformed in how you think. And it all comes through the working of the Word uh, and God's Spirit working in you. And so, as you allow your mind to be transformed, you allow your life to be transformed in how you think, that is how we're not being conformed to the ways of this world. First John talks about all the things that are in the world. It says, love not the world, nor the things that are in the world. And he goes on and he gives a premise on that. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. See, these are all the things that the devil will use to come after you to destroy you. But that's not the will of God for your life. That's why he sent Jesus to give life and life more abundantly. Now, let's look back at Genesis chapter 1 and 2. And three, in those first three chapters, we see creation, but then we see in chapter three, we, we see the fall of man where the devil comes in like a serpent in the form of a serpent. And he says to Eve, Adam standing right there, he says to Eve, he says, has God really said thou shall not eat of the fruit, meaning the of the fruit of the knowledge of the tree of good and evil? And Eve said to him, he said, God said that we shall not eat of it, nor shall we touch it. But as the devil said, it's like God has not really said that. He said, flat out, and let's just go to Genesis chapter uh, 3 real quick, just to get the full. In Genesis chapter 3, this is exactly what, uh, what the devil said to Eve. He said, has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said, starting in verse 2, The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat of it, nor shall you even touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes shall be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. 
So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that's the lust of the flesh, that it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and that it was desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, Adam. Now this is the fall of man. Now God spoke to Adam directly and he said, Of every tree in the garden you shall eat of it, except for the tree in the midst. That was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Every tree. But Adam knew the truth, and he was there with Eve when the serpent came in. So there was a willful disobedience. But in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul is saying, Not to be conformed to the ways of this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the only way to do that is through the meditation of the Word of God. When we meditate upon the Word, when we stand upon the Word, when we believe the Word and take God at His Word, the Bible says that the Word of God is quick, it's powerful, and it's sharper than any double-edged sword, dividing asunder both soul and spirit, even to the division of bone and marrow. And it's the revealer of the thoughts and intents of our heart. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says that. See, God's desire... And his will is always good for you. It's not bad. God doesn't put things on you. He doesn't put sickness on you. He doesn't put uh, poverty on you. Sometimes we make terrible decisions, such as Adam and Eve did in the garden, and that's why we are in the world we are in today. But Jesus said that in the world you may have tribulation, you may go through things in life, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. Meaning he's overcome the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. In Luke chapter 4, it says that the devil came and tempted uh, Jesus while he was in the wilderness. Now Jesus, after he was baptized, he was filled with the Spirit of God. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And at the end of his fastings, the devil tempted him. And he brought three different temptations. He said, if, uh, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The second temptation was, he took him up on a pinnacle of the temple, and he said, if you are the Son of God, jump down. The word says that angels shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Again, Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And then the third one was, this is the pride of life. If you will just bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms of the world and the fullness thereof and the glory thereof. But you see, these were the three temptations that Jesus overcame. These are all the temptations or the, the basic schemes and tactics of the enemy that he uses each time. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life. These three things can be different for every person. And so Paul is saying in Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 that if you offer your life as a living sacrifice to God, meaning you die to self, just as the Bible says in Luke uh, chapter 9 verse 23, if anyone will come after me, this is Jesus speaking. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. So there's a dying to self that Paul is emphasizing. 
meaning you're giving your life not not saying you have to you you have to stop living life but there's a, a a desire there's a willfulness to give your life to Christ as a living sacrifice meaning you're living for him you're 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 living a life that is glorifying to God that is pleasing to God and you're no longer living according to the way that you used to live because you're a new creation and so taking these steps in life is important and the Bible says that if you will do these things, if you place your trust and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone, that He has a good and an acceptable and a perfect will for your life. Even Jesus said in the garden, He said, Father, not my will, but God, your will be done. When He was in the garden of, of Gethsemane, uh, right before He was crucified, I can tell you and I can assure you in my own life that God has a plan, a perfect plan for your life. A plan of, that is good, a plan that is acceptable, and a plan that is perfect. If you will just only follow uh, these simple principles in the Word of God, you will see God do great and mighty things in your life that you, you couldn't even fathom, you couldn't even imagine, and I can guarantee it. I can guarantee it. So let this be an, an encouragement to you that God's got great things in store for your life. You don't have to live in poverty. You don't have to live in sickness. All those things are a result of the fall. All those things are a result of what the devil did, brought brings on you. God doesn't put sickness on you. God doesn't make you broke. God doesn't uh, put heavy burdens on you. In fact, Jesus said, if it, if he said right out in uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he said, Come unto me, all those who labor and are heavy laden, for I will give them rest unto, my, unto your souls. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, and I will give you rest. So Jesus is the one who gives rest. Jesus is the one who gives life, and life abundantly. Not a life of lack, but a life of abundance. Meaning you'll never lack anything. You'll never lack uh, love. You'll never lack uh, finances. You'll, you'll never lack health and wholeness because Jesus provides all these things. So be encouraged with this word. This is a, a faith-filled word that God's got great things for you. So whatever you're going through in life right now, understand that God, Jesus Christ, has a great and a perfect plan for your life. If you will just follow these simple principles, God, you're going to see God do great things. Amen? Hey, thank you so much for joining this podcast. Be sure to tune in next time as we continue to go on into the Word of God to equip and to empower the body of Christ in these last days. 